Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Now let's get into the word. <laughs> um, hey, if you have your Bibles, get those babies out. Um, I love getting to talk to you guys from the Bible. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity to share some word this morning. So if you have your Bible, will you open it up to the book of Luke, chapter 36? Woo! Oh, man. This is fun. Chapter 7, verse 36. All right, I'm going to pray over the word, um, and you guys can just pray with me. So, Father God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you just continue to speak to us. Lord, let it be just absolute nourishment for our soul, that it would plant seeds in our spirit, God, that you would continue to bring fruit from for days and weeks and months and years to come. Father God, I pray for a passion Oh, Lord, yes, God, for a passion for your word to be stirred. Lord God, within hearts, I pray, God, for people that have just been like, the word isn't for me, I just can't get stirred up. God, that you would break that off, God, today and stir up a holy passion and desire for your word in Jesus' name. All right, amen. Amen. All right, let's get into this. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Woo, I know, again, I just, I, every time, I just, I just keep saying it so you'll hoop. Uh, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. Who who'd the Pharisee ask? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. He asked Jesus to come eat to him, uh, eat with him. Um, and Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Verse 37. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner... When she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, verse 38, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. This one breaks me. It breaks me because of her passion for Jesus. Listen, was she invited to that feast? No, there was no invitation. She didn't RSVP. There was none of that. The only thing that was happening was that she heard. She heard that Jesus was in that place. And you know what it did to her? It, it caused her to throw everything out the window. Any self-restraint, any reservations, it was any, any what would someone think, all got backburnered because she wanted to come close to Jesus. That breaks me a little bit. Because I think, I think about myself. Even like in worship. And like there's, there's times that like I wave him off. You know what I'm saying? 
you know, like where, where, where the spirit is drawing, but like, I'm like, ah, I'll just stay here, Jesus. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable at, at hands, at head level, Jesus. Like you guys know, right? Like you've been in the service and like the Jesus is like asking you to do something new in worship, right? Like he starts pulling on you. And it might be for you, it might be, it might be like, But like midway through, like, and this is what I love about worshiping the Lord, right? Is that it's individualized with each of us, and yet it's corporately we engage together. And so there's this beautiful, there's this beautiful fragrance that arises as your worship and my worship are brought up into the throne room of the king, right? And then Jesus individually and corporately starts to move and starts to pull things out of us. And for you, it might be that Jesus is like just, just just go there. And like, and like if for, for, for me, it might be like, but we're all having this experience together with him, how he's downloading and dealing. And I, like, I'm just using like, like physical representations, right? But there's always so much more than that going on too. Like, like I, he might be dealing with me about laying down this huge burden. He might be dealing with someone about a sin that's on their heart. He might be dealing with someone else that, 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 about a prodigal that, that their heart is just broken for. And all this is happening while we're chasing after him. Right? Because it's about us giving honor and going after him and chasing him. And as we pull and we do that together, something beautiful happens. He shows up. Our king of glory enters the room and begins to move and begins to do and begins to work. And all of a sudden, all the stuff happens. All of a sudden, you have these moments where you're like, I'm completely undone. Jesus has come into my, into my spirit and just like splayed me open and like done all kinds of tinkering. And in like, in like 20, 30, 40, 15, 5, 1 minute of time, he has done more. Come on. He's done more than, than anyone could do. And see, that's what, that's what gets me about this woman, is that her heart was just to get close to him because closeness to him meant something special. And it meant more. It meant more than looking the part or being right or any of that stuff. It meant him. Do you know, okay, so like in, 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 Jewish, uh, in Jewish custom, so um, the ladies would prepare the meal. And then they would bring it out and they would serve it in the main room to the men. So at this time in, in, in Jerusalem, Jesus would have been eating with the, the, the Pharisee, Simon, and probably his disciples and any friends of Simon that were male. And the ladies would have been in another room eating there. So not only does this woman bust up in uninvited, but she comes into the male only room. Come on, somebody. Right, like she busts off, because you know what? Sometimes it takes courage. Sometimes it takes boldness. Sometimes it means looking a little undignified or coming, coming beyond what is just comfortable for you in the flesh to enter into the more of Jesus. So I'm asking you, how hungry are you? How hungry are we? Because I know there's nothing that does me like Jesus. 
Come on, somebody. And so, but yet so often, I'll wave them off. Ah, Jesus, I'm willing, I'm willing to go this far. I'm willing to go this far. I'm and we just keep drawing this line. What if there was no line? What if when we come in at any time to worship him, we purposed in our hearts, Jesus, I have no agenda. I am just here to honor you that in a way that brings you glory. And it could look different every time. It doesn't have to look the same. It doesn't, and, and that's, that's the problem I think sometimes with, with humanity is that like we want to, it happens and it's awesome. And so we want to make a, we want to, let's make a program with an agenda that duplicates what we saw previously. <laughs> right? Right? I'm just saying, like, because we experienced something rad and we were like, yes. And it was like glory came in and we were like, yes. And we're like, we want that to happen again. So then you get churches that like play the three songs, right? <laughs> and we go here and we go here and it's scripted and it's this is how it's going to be and it's going to be this way and it's going to be that way because 200 years ago we had a revival and it happened this way. And you've created a religion which is form without power. It's empty. Right? And like, here's what I know. Empty religion doesn't save anyone. All right, let's get back in here to this Pharisee because he got some stuff to say. And then Jesus is going to clap back and it's really cool. All right, here we go. Just breathe. Just breathe. That's what I tell myself. Um, now when the Pharisee who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Come on, how many of you guys know religion is really great at, po at pointing out how sinful someone else is. Don't matter about the plank in my own eye. I'm going to find the speck of dust in your life that makes me feel better about myself. I was a little rough with him, so I came over here. Don't play. <laughs> all right, all right. But that's what Simon was doing. He was like, guess what? I'm going to throw this stone out there. But it was all in his mind, right? Like it was the battle in our minds. And praise God, everybody doesn't know what's going on in your mind. Glory. I said, Ted is a happy husband about that right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you know what, what I'm saying? Like, but Jesus does. Just like Jesus knew what was going on in the Pharisee's mind, we have nothing hidden before him. We are always naked before the Lord. And that's beautiful, except when we're being ornery. Okay, back to this. Okay, just stick to the scripture. You're making me uncomfortable. All right, fine. That's all right. No. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm just being funny. Uh, at least I'm telling myself that, right? No. All right. If this man were a prophet. So what's the Pharisee doing? He's throwing a stone at the identity of Jesus. He's attacking 
Jesus' identity to tear him down. Why? Because religion and criticalness and judgmentalness wants to make other people, oh, come on, somebody, wants to make other people seem small. But Jesus just wants to speak our identity and who we are in him. And that should be our heart. We don't look bigger if we make people look smaller. We are a part of a kingdom that empowers one another. And as, ever, as, as, as people get closer to the Lord, we all grow. The kingdom grows. That is the heart of God. Flip with me to Luke 15. Just go over there. We'll come back to Luke 7. Don't, don't worry, I won't forget. Luke 15, verse 1. I love this one. It's the parable of the lost sheep. And then there's the coin and then there's the prodigals. We, I, just no time. Let's just read. All right, verse 1, 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. You ever wonder sometimes why you attract weirdos? You're like, no, I haven't ever wondered that. You're the weirdo. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm totally playing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we should probably pray again and make this holy. <laughs> no, listen, there is a draw. There is a draw when you have Jesus in you that pulls people towards you. Right? I'm just saying that there's a, there's a, there's a, I'm telling you, I'm trying to make it holy for you. No, that's, uh, it's, no, there really is. There's a reason that people will sometimes come to you and they'll, and they'll, and they'll be pulling on you. Like sometimes you might even think, why does someone always want something from me? And like part of it is because you have something to give. Right? And like, so I, this is, this is gets me sometimes is like, sometimes I get upset that God's bringing people to minister into my sphere because it doesn't fit my timetable. Okay, and so like, I just wanna remind you, like, and, and like how many times, how many times will we pray, God, open the door for me to do this or that or whatever, insert opportunity, and then the opportunity comes, but it doesn't fit my schedule. I'm just saying, we, let God wreck your schedule, right? Like, 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 this is what's so great about this one. Well, I'll read it and then I'll say some more. Okay, so uh, da, 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 da. this man receives sinners and eats with them. Oh, yeah, exactly. He receives sinners. And I'm so thankful because that meant I got a seat at the table. That means I have a seat at the table. That means you have a seat at the table because without the blood of Jesus Christ, there's not a one of us that's good enough. I cannot save myself outside of the blood of Jesus and the grace of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If it was not for his grace, I would still be lost and dead in sin. But praise heaven for his grace that is shed abundantly for every one of us. It means it doesn't matter how dirty you've been, how filthy you are, how unrighteous you have walked, you can still be made right in the perfection that is the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to tell you what. 
I'm going to preach now. I'm going to tell you what. That sinner or that so-and-so out there that's as ornery and as rough as you were that you'd rather judge now than love can still be bought with the same blood of Jesus Christ. There's not a one of us that deserves it. There's not a one of us. That woman that walked in there to Jesus didn't deserve it, but neither did the Pharisee. But guess what? Jesus shed his blood for both of them. And so whether we're the religious we're, we're the religious sinner or we're the worldly sinner. Listen, I got too excited for my microphone. Just calm down. We still both need the blood of Christ. And we need the grace to receive that forgiveness. Okay. I'm going to try to read this now. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave? Somebody say leave. leave. The 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. I love it. Because it means that Jesus is saying Every one of those sheep have value. Every one of those sheep is important. And like that, that shepherd, and see, this was, he was talking to farming communities, right? Agricultural stuff. And if you have sheep and you're raising them, or if you're raising cattle or chickens or whatever you're raising, just whatever you're raising. Children. Yes, children. <laughs> if you lose one of your children, Please go. Now listen, Mary and Joseph took two or three days, so that's fine. It's scriptural. They were probably at somebody's house. <laughs> like, who did I tell them to? Listen now, but if you only have one kid and you've lost them multiple times, you don't know whose house there was, we need to talk, but that's different. But once you hit like three or four or five kids, they should be raising themselves, really. <laughs> no, I'm, play I'm playing. None of that was endorsed by Jesus. That was just, we were talking. Okay. <laughs> You invest in that sheep, right? You put money into them. They're worth something. That sheep, that one sheep that's lost has worth and has value. And so that shepherd goes after the one. And Jesus is saying, listen, whether, whether, you're, whether you're mine in terms of you are saved and sanctified or you're lost, you have value to me. Jesus is saying every one of my sheep, every one of the peoples in the world has value to me. And I bled and I died for all of them. And the one that doesn't know me, my heart is bent towards chasing after. And I love that because I was that sheep. I was the sheep. Oh, come on, somebody hear me because we were all that sheep. Every one of us had a moment where we didn't know the Lord and we needed him to show up in our life and reveal himself to us. And watch what happens. Watch, this is so cool. Watch what happens when Jesus finds him. And when he has found it, this is verse 5, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. I think about picking up my kids, right? Like, 
There's something so special, like at the end of the day, or like if you haven't seen your kid, and like they run up and they're like super happy to see you. This is like not when they're super grumpy and just want to nap, or they're hangry and they're like, I don't want to go. It's those moments where they like run into your arms. They're like, Dad, and you're like, Yes, this is heaven. This is the moment that I felt Jesus was talking about, and he picks up that lost sheep, the sheep that then has turned, has has turned from being lost into being found, and he and Jesus. Jesus, and look what he does. Jesus puts him on his shoulder. Man, there's some days I just want to stay on Jesus' shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, man, God, let's just have time together and forget this world for just a minute. You know? But, like, that's the nature of God is to come after you because he values you. He loves you. He makes space for you to come to him. And so, and so like, I want to encourage us. Don't ever disregard his love to go after you still. He's still loving on you. He's still chasing after you. And it's so beautiful then when we, when we model what the, what the lady in, in Luke 7 was doing and chasing after him, right? Like that's where his passion for us and our passion for him collide. And it's beautiful. And that's the beauty of getting to worship the king is that our love and our affection and the beauty of him wanting us meets. There's no wonder that in the midst of it, in that presence, that atmosphere, we are wrecked. We are undone. We are changed in an instant of time. All right, so back over to, back over to Luke. Are you guys back over there? Okay. Remember, Jesus is going to clap back. So uh, verse 40. And Jesus answered, saying to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it. Verse 41. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Verse 43. Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you've judged that rightly. So Jesus is throwing this out. A couple debtors, okay? One of them over here owes five bucks. One over here holds, owes 500 billion. Oh, yeah, we're talking Elon, Elon money. All right, this is, this is past. The debtor, the debt collector's like, both of you debts, I forgive. Now listen, you owe five bucks, but I feel pretty confident that, that you would be like, well, okay, thanks, that's awesome. Um, I could have probably covered the $5. But I'm claiming the $500 billion is beyond the coverage that they had in their bank account. And so Jesus is saying, if you have these two individuals, who is going to be more grateful? 500 billion. Absolutely, because in their own power, in their own ability, they could not do it. 
They were a slave for their life. Come on, somebody hear me on that. Because we were a slave for our whole life without the grace of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Get a hold of the joy in that, man. All right, watch this, watch this. Okay, so, so he says in verse 43, uh, the right, rightly judged, all that stuff. Verse 44, then turning toward the woman. Remember her? She's the one that was, was weeping and crying and is probably still just there worshiping Jesus while this conversation is taking place. Whew. How bold is that? I mean, like how bold, uninvited, and just pouring out her love, pouring out her affection in the midst, in the midst of the judgment of religion. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, like, like if you're, I don't know if you guys ever been to a real stuffy church. They exist, all right, all right. But like, it's like you, you're like doing like, I'm just going to use an example, all right. I'm not throwing a stone. I'm just saying this can, this can happen. It's happened to me. Maybe it's all in my head. Okay. You're, you're, you're singing your song and like, you're like, can I, can I stand up from the pew? And nobody else is. And I'm feeling the Lord. If I just do the one hand at pew level. Well, I feel the judgment. Somebody's looking at me, right? Like you've been in that place. This lady has busted up in this place where all the eyes and the judgment were on her and she's still just, la I wish I was half that bold, right? Because she's still just lavishing her love at the feet of Jesus. And so then Jesus says to Simon, he says, do you see this woman? Which is loaded and chock full of, of, of meaning. What does he mean? Because obviously Simon has visually registered that a woman who is a sinner is in his house being weird in his opinion. That is not in question, right? But Jesus knows that. And that's why he asked that question. He says, do you see this woman? He's essentially saying, How are you looking at her? Look at her. Do you know in, in, in Jewish custom, if she was to do this and come into this room, the men really should not acknowledge that she's there. Jesus is breaking with that. He's breaking with the thought that there are these dividing lines that keep people in hierarchies and classes. He is saying to the Pharisee, representing the religious group of the time, it's time that your gaze met with this woman and that it empowered a whole group of individuals you're being, that are being disempowered, i.e. women. But even more than that, he's saying, do you see this woman and value her? Not just see her as a dirty, rotten sinner. But do you see the value that I see from heaven? Do you see the value of the lost sheep that has gone astray but has come back to the master? Do you see the value in the person that doesn't know Jesus but that you have the gospel to take to them? Do you see the value and does that value move you to action? Whew. Just minor nature boy moment, all right? So... The move to action. Because, can I, can I go there for just a second? We can believe the truth that Jesus 
died for us and he died for all of us. But does that move us to a point where we show and share that truth to everyone? How many people in our day do we pass who are dead in their sins and trespasses? Dead, right? And like, like I'm, I'm going back to my time clock again, but I'm too busy. Do you have those moments? Do you have those moments in your day, your day where you're like, Jesus is pulling. He's highlighting someone in your day and we're just walking on by. And I, this, that's why this, this, this verse and these scriptures have just kept burning because God, sometimes I don't see this person. Sometimes even when they're pulling on me, I don't see them. Do you know what I mean? Where, yeah, I know they're there, but I'm not really hearing them. Parents, this is going to happen with kids, right? Like, dad, 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 Just a minute, guys. I got to finish this. Like, we know how to wave something off, right? And listen, I get it. I mean, like, sometimes kiddos put the high need, right? But... Where's my heart in, in this place? Like, like, sure, there might be a, a moment where God highlights someone and you're like, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, but I'm getting, I'm getting this right here in front of me so I get free space to go there, right? But, but are we listening to that pull? Are we seeing? Because I want to encourage you today. I feel like there's so many people that are dead and dying in the world and you and me have the hope and the joy that's taking, that they're needing in the moment. I, it was better than the reaction. I agree. I agree. No, but I'm going back over here. I'm going to say it again. Um, I heard someone say that there is a whole world of people that are dead and dying. And you, as blood-bought believers of Jesus Christ, have the hope and the joy to show them something that no one else is showing them. Right? Like, this isn't something that you're going you're to find from the Main Street cultural influencer. Right? You're, they're not pumping the Jesus. Now, but, but guess what? That doesn't matter because you can you are, oh my goodness, this is burning because you are so needed where you're at. Do you know that? In your job, in your home, in your family, in, your, in the Walmart, in the DG, wherever you're going, in the prison systems, in the banks, I'm going to keep going in the coal mines, wherever you're at, you are so necessary. And can I encourage you to not live below where you're called? I have this happen to me from time to time, so just, just pity me. Pray for me. Pray for me. There are moments where I just, I don't want to. Jesus, can everybody just leave me alone and let me just have a peaceful day full of calm? I'll read a book or something. Me, 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 me sometimes though, right? And then what can happen is then it can become every day where you're just like, 
ah, it's just about me today. It's just about me today. It's just about me today. Listen, it's, sometimes you need a me day. I get it, all right? But a me setting for a lifestyle, yeek, all right? That's where you start just being like self-worship, right? So like, this is what I'm telling you. Don't just make an excuse for you to be less where you're meant to be so much more. You are world changers. You have the fire of God inside of you. You are meant to change atmospheres. And so I just want to encourage you, that is who you are. That is who you are. Will you put your hand on your neighbor real quick? We're going to pray over them. Ooh, yeah, find a neighbor. If you don't have somebody sitting next to you, make that introvert uncomfortable. Go get them. I, this is usually where I tell people to use church-appropriate touch, but I'm past that now. I'm sorry. I missed the boat. I missed the boat. <laughs> Shoulders. All right. Pray, will you pray this over your neighbor? Father God, I thank you for what my friend carries. And I pray for holy boldness to arise to levels that freak them out. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord a clap of praise. Now hold on. Woo, 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 woo. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. All right, let's put a bow on this baby. All right, so do you see this woman? I entered your house. This is verse 44 continued. You gave me no water for my feet. Again, customary. They wore sandals. They walked on dirt roads. There wasn't any pavement. It was, it was terrible. I mean, just terrible. Think how blessed we are. I'm being, I mean, I'm pseudo serious and funny. Um, so they would, they, were, they would wash each other's feet, right? They would provide an opportunity for their foot to be washed, feet to be washed. If they were one-legged, just a foot, I guess. Okay. Not scriptural. Um, <laughs> Simon had neglected to do this. He had also neglected many other things. Could it be hmm, that it was hard for him to humble himself? Because that's what happens in religion. If we're all practicing religion, we can't seem weak to one another. Because religion tells me I gotta have it all together. Can I tell you a secret? Nobody has it all together. Jesus, and, that, and they killed him for it. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. But seriously, Jesus was the only person that had it all together, right? I'm, I'm being real. But we don't. We are getting through this, and we're making mistakes, and we're learning, and we're growing, and we're saying something dumb, and we're doing something dumber, and, and we need grace from heaven. And guess what? The, this, is, this is where we're going to land this. I'm going to get there. Because Jesus is going to tell us those who have been forgiven much, love much. Because when, when you stand in your need for forgiveness, you are standing in the realization that you don't have it all together, you can't save yourself, that you, you, you make mistakes, and you need the grace from heaven to forgive you for that. Right? And so like when you live there, when you live in that constant need that you're not perfect because we're not perfect. He's perfect. 
And when I, when I walk after Him, I get transformed more like Him. I'm a journey. I'm going from glory to glory, but I have not ascended to utmost glory. I don't know why I dropped the Y. I don't know. It sounded more Latin, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> when you stay in the forgiveness and you can receive it here, guess what you can do? You can give it this way. And so instead of being a religious judgmental puffican, I don't know, I just meant puffed up person. I don't know, I invented it just then, sorry. Just verbed it or nouned it, I nouned that one. All right, You're, you just become this, this hypocritical judgmental bleh. But when you stand in his grace, when you realize your imperfection and it's him that's perfecting you, you can extend that grace to someone else. And then religion isn't a dirty word. It's true religion that cares for orphans and widows. Come on, somebody. It's, it's true religion that follows the Messiah who, who loves so well and loves other well. How will you know that they're my disciples by the love they have for one another? So Jesus, as he closes this out, Therefore, I tell her, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Can I tell you, you are not too sinful to be forgiven by the blood of Jesus when your heart is repentant. It gives me hope. You know what I'm saying? That burns within me because that means that anybody out there who God gets a hold of can be transformed into something new, can be born again through the blood of Jesus. There's no one too far gone. I don't get to discount anybody. We can all be God's kids if we come through the blood. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.